This OPI podcast was recorded at an earlier date. Some material may be outdated and or mentioned under different circumstances. Consult your local health authorities for the latest on COVID-19. The Minutia Men Celebrity Interview is up next, but first... Take a listen to this other fine Opie show. This week on End Friends, Kimmy insults my sex life. That's right. Tells us that men aren't having sex. She specifically says that I'm not having sex. I just put out straight facts. And it's true, but it's mean. All that and more on And Friends. Great talk radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast, an Opie production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is the Minutia Men Celebrity Interview with Rick Kempfer and Dave. Stern. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast. An Opie show on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is the Minutia Men Celebrity Interview with Rick and Dave. Okay, joining us on the phone. This is a, a big moment for us at Minutia Men. We have uh, all-time Cubs great. Uh, he was a star on the Cubs when I was a kid and Dave was a kid. We used to watch him all the time. Good old number 23. He roamed third base and second base. I believe he played every position on the Cubs except for center field, pitcher, and catcher. Is that correct? Awesome. Possibly. <laughs> <laughs> I think I know more about him than he knows about himself. It wasn't that long ago. <laughs> Carmen Fanzone, thanks for coming on the show. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. So uh, you played on the Cubs back in the 70s. You, you were uh, teammates with several Hall of Famers, correct? Yes, right. Billy Williams, Ron Santo. Fergie. Fergie. Fer- Fergie and, um, um, let me see, uh, Ernie Banks. Yeah, mm-hmm. Ernie. Ernie. My, my first year, I came up in the end of 71, and that was Ernie's last year as a player. And I got to the last weekend of the of the season. I got to play third, and and he played first. So I got I got a chance to play with him the last weekend of the '71 season, and then um, he became a coach for the next couple of years. And of course, I was there at that point. Oh, so cool. was Ernie a good guy? Yeah, he was a good guy. He was uh, everybody loved him, and um, he just uh, he was Mr. Cub. Yeah. yeah. So everybody he was adored by everybody. So now back back in your day when you were there, uh, we've heard stories about what the uh, what Wrigley Field was like. You know that there were rats in the in the uh, in the catacombs. Yes, uh, did you ever see anything like that? I mean, was it you know the, your dressing room was at the end of left field, and you guys uh, had to run out there? Was it was it kind of uh, a, a dumpy dump. dumpy place <laughs> compared to some of the other ballparks at that time? Well, you know, I wasn't. You know, I didn't have that many other ballparks to compare it to. You know, I broke in with the Red Sox uh, for a couple of months in 70, and their, their, you know, their clubhouse wasn't much better. You know, they were both very old, old ballparks, and I really didn't have it much to compare it to. I guess they've all the new ballparks now, it's, uh, uh, I haven't seen them, but they're supposed to be, you know, first class and five-star hotelish, you know, like, but... Uh, it was uh, it was a clubhouse, you know. Uh, uh, I, I didn't really didn't have anything to compare it to, so it was okay. But back in your day, you guys also, uh, when you went on the road, you had roommates, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I had I, I was fortunate enough that that uh, Blake Cullen, who was the traveling secretary at that point, 
Uh, he said, anybody that plays the trumpet should have a private room. So, <laughs> You're going to so bother I, everybody else. Right? <laughs> yeah, so I, I, got, uh, I didn't have to room with anybody. What a great um, ploy. That was brilliant. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, my first year. I might have roomed uh, maybe with Gene Heiser for a short time, but, but he said that uh, that's what he told me. He said, anybody that plays trumpet should have a room by himself. So I didn't, I didn't have to. to well, uh, well, if you played the room. drums, you'd get the whole damn floor, probably, right? <laughs> probably. Did probably. you travel you with your trumpet? Oh, always. I always took it with me, and uh, I was always looking for, you know, I was just, I would always try to practice a little bit during the day, and, and at night after the games and stuff, even on the road, I was looking for places to play. In, in Chicago, uh, had, were, there, were there any CD jazz clubs that you would play? Because you had all day games oh, yeah. in Chicago, right? Right, right. It was all day games then. So I, uh, the first place that I that I sat in was the back room down on Rush Street. Oh yeah. And I used I used to go there a lot, and that was uh, it worked out perfect for me because, uh, like you said, we were we were playing all day games at that point, and I met some musicians there, Judy Roberts, and a bunch of other people, and Danny Long, and I would go sit in with them and. And I went down to Wise Fools a couple times too. But I think Judy Roberts per- still plays at the uh, Hotel Intercontinental here oh. in Chicago. Well, she's yeah, she's living back and forth and from Phoenix in, in Chicago, I think. And I used to see her. I haven't seen her in about three or four years, but I used to do Randy Randy Hunley's fantasy camp for about thirty years. Okay. And, uh, and I would look forward to seeing her out in uh, in Phoenix, and I would sit in with her and Danny Long because they were doing like a duo at this club. Uh, and I would, for a lot of years, I would go, you know, the week that I did the fantasy camp, I would go sitting with them at night. So it was really a perfect situation for me, even even then during those fantasy camps. Did you see yourself as a uh, baseball player slash musician or a musician slash baseball player? Well, it just depends on what camp you were talking about. <laughs> you know, just um, the fact that I didn't play that much in Chicago. I was a utility player and Anytime I got uh, interviewed by Jack Brickhouse or anybody, they would always talk about my trumpet and my push-ups, you know, because I, <laughs> but that's because I was always working out before the games and stuff. But um, I don't know. I was a music major in college, and and I started playing ball when I was about seven years old. So I just did them both all my life, and I just uh, I was just fortunate enough that I had both of them. Um, you know, when one wasn't going well, I could fall back on the other and vice versa. Yeah, that's good. You know, um when I played Little League, Carmen, as you know about my stellar career in, in Little League. <laughs> you probably read about it. Yeah, I, I batted like, you know, 106 against the <laughs> career batting average of 106. But Stephen Melcher was a kid that I, I, I mean, I owned that guy. I batted like 800 against uh, Stephen Melcher. Who is your Stephen Melcher in the, in the bigs? Was there some guy that you just knew that you were going to face, that you were going to, you had a chance and that you were going to get a hit? You know, the fact that, you know, I didn't play, you know, consistently. So they're really, I really, um, the closest that I could get to that was a, a former teammate of mine, Ken Brett. Okay. Uh, the fact that he was left-handed and, and I would get to play more against left-handers than I did right-handers. So he played for um, a bunch of different clubs. He played with Philadelphia and and Pittsburgh and, and maybe somebody else. But yeah. I, I had pretty good success against him. Maybe I had three or four home runs off him. We're going to get him on the air next and tell him what you just said. Uh, no, he's uh, he, he's he, he gone, so you're not going to get a yes. chance to. <laughs> Sorry about But this. he was um, he was a big bonus baby with Boston when I when we broke in together. 
But uh, and then conversely, you know, I get to face Bob Gibson a couple of times, mm-hmm. and that was the end of his career. But uh, I faced him once in in St. Louis, I think in '72 when I when, uh, my first full year, and um, I, I felt do? like that at least I felt like I at least had a chance. I, I maybe I, I maybe went 0 for four, but I didn't feel like I was overwhelmed or, or, or overmatched, but then I got to face him again a week later in Wrigley Field, and I, I just felt that I had no chance. I just, uh, and, <laughs> you and, and about 10,000 other this, people. Yeah, this was at the end of his career, so I can't imagine what he was like early on, but he was such a fierce competitor and such a great athlete, and uh, and I did a couple of fantasy camps with him with Randy Hunley, and he's he was even tough to be around, you know, just to, you couldn't small talk him. You know, yeah. he, would, he would, he would call you on everything. He just, uh, he was such a, you know, a commanding personality. You know, if he was in the room, you know, he was, he was, he was on the soapbox. It was his room, you know, so it's just, but he was just that kind of guy, very strong, strong personality. So, you know, uh, you, you, we talked briefly about, uh, Fergie Jenkins, um, uh, he came to one of our book events uh, recently, and we, we we run into a lot of the Cubs here in Chicago, some of them that still live here, uh, Jose Cardinal right. occasionally. Uh, right. Do you stay in touch with any of your old teammates? I know you do the fantasy camps, but other than that, well, do you? Well, that, that was the only time that I would see them, you know, and I did, you know, those fantasy camps for about 30 years, mm-hmm. up until about three or four years ago, you know, Randy stopped calling me. And then I just figured that I had had enough, you know, I, I did it for about 30 years, but I would see... I would see Billy and, and Jose and Ron Sandel before he passed, and 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 um, Beckert does them every year, and uh, of course Randy and his son um, Todd, and and I'd, so I would see the guys at the fantasy camps, but that would be the only time that I would see them because, of course, living in California, um, I wouldn't run across anybody. If I if I had still lived in Chicago, I'm sure that I would have seen more more of the of my ex teammates. Joe Pepitone, we've heard, his, I read his autobiography. He seemed to be uh, someone who definitely liked a drink or two. Uh, did you see any of that with Joe Pepitone? Uh, and and plus, what's the story with his hair? Was that really a wig, or what? What are we talking? Yeah, he um, he was a distinct personality. He was um, <laughs> he was Joe Pepitone from probably the day that he was born, and he still. <laughs> I just saw that he just turned seventy seventy eight. I think he's a year older than me, and. He had a wonderful career, you know. He just uh, um, when I think of when I think of Joe, you know, I just uh, it was of course his his hair pieces and stuff are legendary. You know, right. and he used to um, he wouldn't go out to the national anthem, you know, because he didn't want to take his hat off. And, and <laughs> did, then, you, but, did you guys ever was, like hide his hair piece before? He would have killed you, well, probably. No, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't try that. But uh, and there was one time that he used. You know that he was catching a pop up, you know, and it was a windy day, <laughs> and he was he was holding his hat down with his one hand and and, uh, and catching the ball with the other hand. And then another 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 time, I remember in the clubhouse, in the only time I ever saw him in the shower without his without his rug on, and it was just it was frightening. <laughs> yeah, right. It was it's a, a, right. It was, Who's that guy? Right. A, yeah, exactly. He was such a. A, a vain guy that he was always suntanned, you know, and I mean, he probably even went to, you know, tanning salons, you know, but he was so, he was so dark, 
but then without his rug, his top of his head was completely white, just yeah. like stone white. Just <laughs> never saw the light of day. Exactly right. You know, he looked like uh, looked like a ninety year old man in the shower. You know, but with his with his rug on, he was he was Joe Pepitone. Yeah, well, as a bald man, I think I'm going straight to uh, get a get, getting a toupee on the way uh, home from the studio today. Uh, do you remember any of your? Salaries now. Obviously, we know how much baseball players make now versus what they did in the seventies. But do you, and not to pry, but do you have any idea or remember any of your salaries from back in the? Oh, of course, of course. When I first started, you know, the minimum was sixteen five. Oh, wow, and that's what I was getting. 16, million thousand five hundred. <laughs> now the now the the minimum I think is about it's close to five hundred thousand. Yeah. But um, and then my top salary was thirty two five. Not bad. Uh, after 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 three years and. Uh, uh, salaries were, you know, different then. You know, the yeah. top. I think the the top top guy was making 150 grand, and it possibly was was Ted Williams who, who played before me. But but I remember that uh, that the White Sox uh, gave Richie Allen, I think, 250 thousand mm-hmm. dollars, and it was just it was way out of line with with the top salaries in baseball at that point, and they just. I think they really tried to get him to to stay interested and and, and and come to play every day. You know, they even give him a TV show. Yeah. And I was a guest on his TV show once. You know, and he didn't even show for the TV show. Oh my God! Really? <laughs> so yeah, it was the Carmen so Fan Zone show then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I uh, they, they they were giving out watches, and I and I I got a watch to be on the show, but he he didn't show that particular day. But uh, but that his his salary was. Was, was I think way more than than the top salary at that point, and they just tried to keep him keep him interested. And now, you know, I don't know. It was the two hundred and fifty grand was the top salary then, and now it's no, it's was, over thirty million yeah. for for one year. It's just it's gone completely bonkers, and it's just uh, uh, it's it's almost like they're playing with monopoly money now. It's just I don't know where the money's coming from. It's just uh, it's unbelievable. Just unbelievable. You know, 20 years ago, I said, you know, the salaries can't go much higher than this. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And every year it gets it gets more bizarre. You know, and, and now, um, I don't know if, uh, if you're aware of it, but I'm one of the about 500 or 600 uh, ex-athletes or ex-ball players that played before 1980 that didn't qualify for a pension. Oh, no, I didn't know and, that. And, so yeah, you're getting fighting you're, that you're getting nothing from yeah, we, MLB. We've been fighting that for years. You know, in 1980, if you played prior to 80, you needed four years to be vested, and I and I came up 85 days short. Oh and There's my a gosh. lot of us, a lot of us that that did come up short of the four years. Gene Heiser's another one, and and um, but uh, in 1980 they made they made a new deal that uh, all you needed to be in the big leagues was 43 days to be vested. And it's just, and, and now with the money that they're making, you know, it's just if you have half a brain, you won't even need a pension. Well, it you know, seems which, like, you know, uh, just making it to the majors should qualify you for a pension because, you know, people talk about, yeah, maybe you didn't play that many games in the majors, but just making it to the majors is a gigantic achievement, <laughs> don't you think? Well, of course, of course. It's just uh, there's such a small percentage of, of people that get to get, you know, to get to that level, you know, but it's just the idea that it's everything is about money, but this is not about money. Right. You know, it's just the pension fund is, 
is supposed to be over three billion dollars strong. Jeez. You know, so it's not it's not about money. It's just the fact that they don't they don't want to you know, and they're, they and they're not obligated to 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 bring us into the pension plan because uh, we played under the the rules that you needed four years to be vested. But they've they've changed them in the past. You know, it used to be five years. And then they changed it to four to accommodate Satchel Page, and 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 all it would have to do is 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 uh, the Players Association would would have to bring it to Major League Baseball. And up to this point, Dave Clark, um, the, Tony Clark, uh, Tony, Tony Clark, yeah, yes. the, the new head of the Players Association, has been just. Uh, he's had a deaf ear to our request. You know, we've, we've, and we have a Doug Gladstone who wrote a book, A Bitter Cup of Coffee, about all of us that missed the pension. And, uh, he's written so many articles and, and, and we're just, uh, we're just trying to get the attention of Major League Baseball and, and basically we're trying to embarrass them to, to, to do the right thing, you know, because it's, uh, like I said, it's not about money. You know, there's, there's so much money to be had that it, it would be a drop in the bucket to include us. You know they're giving us a few dollars each year now, but it's not—it's not a pension. It's just a dollar amount. And and if when we when we pass, you know our loved ones, you don't won't receive that. You know, so it's not—it's not a pension. It's just uh, you know. Anyway, it's it's very frustrating, and we've been fighting this fight for since you know since 1980. And is there anything until that until now to no avail? Is there anything that our listeners can do? Is there a uh, I don't know a website that are petitioned to sign or anything i'm now feeling for you buddy i want to do yeah, something well can help you get the word out yeah you know um our our my my good friend doug gladstone who wrote the letter he's always writing writing um uh, articles and stuff I and mean, i have i have dave's um email address i'm gonna pass along some of the things that he's written so you you can get up to speed Great. you know exactly what we're dealing with and whatever whatever help that you could, you oh, know, we'd love you could to. do then really be really be appreciated. Oh, we us. would love to. Love you to. know, do you ever say yeah. to them, Look, my number has been retired at Wrigley Field. <laughs> See, there it is flying on the right field's pole, number twenty three. Yeah, he uh, I knew that uh, that uh, that he was gonna make that number very famous and he did, you know, Ryan Sandberg, you know, but the fact that I wore it before he did and I even wore it before Michael my, Michael Jordan wore it with the Bulls. So, um, trendsetter, you know, he, Carmen. Yeah. You're the trendsetter. <laughs> you may be the but only. I'm sorry. I it's, still, it's, it's very important to me. And, I, and, of course, my license plate here out in, in California is Cub 23. So, you know, it's still my number, even though he made it very famous. Okay, Dave, we're going to take a quick break. Okay. And we'll be right back. I'm Howard Sudbury, and I co-host the Back to You podcast with my longtime friend, Steve Basterville. He's the smart one, and our show is on the move. New episodes will now be released on Thursdays. And I have breaking news. The Car Guys Report, informed automotive with Mark Vernon and Lou Costable is on the move, too. New episodes of this great podcast will be released on Tuesdays. So check out Mark and Lou with the Car Guys Report, informed automotive on Tuesdays and back to you on Thursdays. Both are Opie Show productions on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. On this week's Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. News on the march SpongeBob is gay. 
The Toilet Plume. Diego, the retiring tortoise. My brush with a comedy legend. And our interview with Steve Harper, writer, producer, actor. He did God Friended Me and a whole bunch of other great stuff. All that and unlimited tangents on this week's Minutia Men. The Tony Lasano Podcast, an OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Radiomisfits.com. And we're back. So uh, you also... I think one of the reasons that we remember you, and you probably know this, that's why you were on all the shows all that all that time, was because of the your being a musician and a, and a baseball player. It's a very rare combination. And if I remember correctly, and please tell me if I'm wrong, I know there was a game that you played the national anthem with your trumpet, but didn't you oh, sure. also appear on the Tonight Show? You know, uh, I did play the national anthem. It was on June 18th, 1972. We were playing the Dodgers, and it turns out that that's my wife's birthday, and I hadn't met her yet. And my wife is a, a famous jazz singer, Sue Rainey. And, um, of course, we were playing the Dodgers, and when I moved out here, uh, and, and in fact, that was Father's Day that, that day also, and she was born on Father's Day, which only occurs like every seven or eight years. So there were so many so many things that fell into place that particular day. And when I moved out here, and the fact that uh, we were playing the Dodgers, a lot of my musician friends that I met had seen the game, and uh, so they knew about, you know, knew about me and my, and my music background. But um, and then uh, the, the Tonight Show thing, I don't know how that, that got started. It got in the papers that, um, that I never did play in the Tonight Show band, because, you know, playing in that band is like, like making the Hall of Fame as right. for a musician. Yeah, that's that was really the, that, that was really. A, a, but I used to hang out there a couple of times a week because I, a couple of the trumpet players in the band, Johnny Ardino and Conti Condoli, they saw me play in, in Dodger Stadium and they saw me hit a home run in Dodger Stadium. And for the years, they're both past now. But but any time that I saw them, they would always talk about the home run at Dodger Stadium. We never talked music when I was with those guys. That's all they ever talked about was my home run. And they, they thought it was off of, off of Colfax, but it wasn't. It was off of Bill Singer. No, it wasn't. It was, after, it was off of Colfax. That's did, the story you, you, you got to start telling. You didn't correct them, did you? <laughs> right. I couldn't, I couldn't change their mind. Yeah, exactly. And why <laughs> they, bother? They, they, right? knew it was, they knew it was Colfax, but it was off Bill Singer. Well, thank you very much, Carmen, for being on our show. It's a big thrill for us. We've, we followed your career when we were kids, and uh, we're not kids anymore, but uh, we, uh, well, we're, we're thrilled to have you. None <laughs> no, of us are. That's true. But definitely send us information, and we would love to be able to, whatever we can do. I that. will. I'll fill, you, I'll fill you in on this. And Dave, Rick, both of you, I really enjoy talking to both of you, and, and uh, it's an honor to be uh, to be asked to do something like this. Yeah, well, much health to you and your family. And uh, hey, we'll have you on again. <laughs> yeah, sure. How about next Thursday? What are you doing next Thursday? <laughs> Thanks, Carmen. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Oh, man, come on. Carmen Fan Zone. You can do worse than a Carmen Fan Zone on a My Thursday. My Paisan. Yes. <laughs> your Paisan. Well, Germany, did they take over Italy? No. No, no, we were pals. <laughs> no, that's pals. right. Mussolini, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Until uh, that went south. Well, yeah. I didn't want to bring that up. Well, that's it for this week's edition of the Minutia Men Celebrity Interview. Special thanks to executive producer Tony Lasano with opishows.com. Opi is hippo backwards. O-P-P-I-H shows.com. 
distributed by Ed Silla from the Radio Misfits. Great talk radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place, radiomisfits.com. And we'll be back again next week with another edition of the Minutia Men Celebrity Interview. This OPI podcast was recorded at an earlier date. Some material may be outdated and or mentioned under different circumstances. Consult your local health authorities for the latest on COVID-19. The proceeding was a presentation of OPI Productions. Find our other great shows wherever you find podcasts, including opishows.com. Thank you. This has been a presentation of OPI Productions. Tony, can you shut up? Coming up on the next episode of the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive, we welcome back our man in the field, Roger Rexroad, for a special two-part episode called Cars That Define a Decade. I'm Mark Vernon. Join me and our man in the field, Roger Rexroad, for this very special two-part episode of the Car Guys Report, a Tony Lasano podcast, an OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Lasano and Friends. In science, the moon affects tides and the ladies' periods. Oh, so Jesus why, Christ. Why? The ladies' periods? Hey, oh, that's terrifying. The, lady, the ladies' cycles, okay. if you know what I mean. That's We're talking <laughs> about the differences of cycles and personalities. And you think that a personality could be affected by a Uranus. high tide? Oh, you're Yes. Do you know what causes the high tide with the, the moon there, guy? Okay. The gravity? Yes, gravity. So you're I'm saying that I'm not sure that, that gravity has any, any effect on hormones necessarily within a human mm. being, but, you know, your mileage may vary, I guess. Why don't you start telling me when my cycle is, mister? <laughs> <laughs> when the moon is at its highest? It's a, uh, it was a full moon this weekend, so I expect that... Uh, oh, it is. A lot of yeah, all of the women menstruate at the same time, right? Because <laughs> of the moon, right? Yeah. I mean, that's clearly... It's like it. that scene in The Shining when the elevator door opens. <laughs> All over the world. Oh, God. Oh, you are listening to this right now. Be sure to tell a friend about our friends. Listen, subscribe, rate Lasano and friends on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Google Play. Just search for Radio Misfits.